Best of Times live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. In a few minutes, we're going to learn how to reduce violent crime in our area. So stay to the show for some very interesting and beneficial information for you and your loved ones. We do thank AARP Louisiana and Abear Sun and Country as Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of the Best of Times Radio Hour to bring you valuable information each and every Saturday morning. It is Saturday, May the 14th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live and has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the May issue, the best of times, in one of our 270 distribution locations. We do thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a printed copy of one of our 270 distribution locations, do visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues, as well as to view and download the 2022 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Abers, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Caligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a very special guest, is Cattle Parish Sheriff Steve Prater, and he's on my show to discuss some suggestions that he has to tell our citizens on ways to reduce violent crime in the Shreveport and surrounding areas. Thank you, Sheriff, for taking time to join our show today. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad to be here. It's been a while since you've been on my show. I should have you more often here or, or some of your deputies and other other um, uh, important people who I know. And now I know John May real well. I'm right. sure he's a good, good spokesperson, isn't he? Right. He is a good one. He's a captain over patrol, and he does a great job for us. He does. He's a good friend of mine now. I haven't known him, but for a few years, he's a really remarkable man in his family as well. So the message that you have to our citizens, you stated that violent crime is literally killing Shreveport and its citizens. And why did you say that? And it was in June 7, 2021, over a year ago. Well, I've been saying that for quite some time. Uh, it's It's always been frustrating to me uh, all the years I've been law enforcement that we we continue to talk about violent crime and talk about it and talk about it, but we don't really change things. We don't really do substantial enough things to, to really begin uh, bringing the curve down. 
Uh, I know crime is cyclical. It goes up and it goes down. And there are certain crimes that we really uh, have a problem doing anything about. One of them is domestic violence. Uh, so many times that occurs, it occurs, it occurs. We don't know anything about it. Or we're called and notified, come to the scene, and can't do anything about it because there's no charges to be pressed. There's no physical injuries. So we try to steer them towards counseling, steer them towards any kind of uh, resources that we have. And then the first thing you know, one night, uh, some some usually man uh, gets, uh, gets a weapon and, and harms a woman. Those are difficult homicides to do anything about because you don't, uh, because we're not there. It's not. It's not a repeat offender as far as violent crime that has done something. They may have uh, injured their spouse quite a few times, but we didn't know anything about it so many times. Well, sheriff, I do want to compliment you. Your your Caddo Parish deputies, but also the Shreveport Police and Bossier Police. I, I've got to tell you a quick story. Many years ago, I was offered by the chief of police, Shreveport Police, to do a drive by. You know, Gary's not. Um, uh, a lot of um, I, would, I would say that he's not the he's a short dude he's not a really uh, crime fighter here but they wanted to ex- they wanted to show me what is a typical day of a police officer I was amazed how much domestic violent education and dealings that the police officer that day when I did a driver on four different situations where he tried his best to resolve the problem and offer counseling. And I told, I told the officer, really? That's part of your job? Why don't you just call somebody in? He said, no, Gary, we're here. We have to. It could lead to something worse. And you're right. Uh, that is like over beyond. I don't think any of your deputies are took criminal justice violent uh, courses and et cetera to do that, right? That was not their prime directive. Right. We're trained as best we can, but we're not, we're not psychologists and we're not so, uh, you know, we're not... Uh, we, we don't have the we don't have the expertise to solve all the problems that we're called to. One of them is domestic violence. It's very frustrating for us, and it's frustrating me as a law enforcement leader because so many times you will pick up the newspaper in some other state or somewhere and it says uh, a man shoots and kills his wife. Police had been there sixteen times previously. Well, wow. the sixteen times previously. Uh, you know, it's, there's been many, you know, nothing we could do about it. There were no charges pressed. There were no signs of violence at the time. There was no one thing or another. There wasn't any follow-through on the spouse's end of it. And so it's almost like the police knew about this, but they didn't do anything about it. Well, I mean, that's not normally the case. We try, uh, but it, it's it's something that we as a society really have to work on. The fact that uh, uh, so many times a man thinks that he owns a woman. And, and, you know, that's my property. And so I'm going to deal with that however I want to. And then, then you get the violence. As I was saying, those are difficult to do something about. Uh, the, the, uh, the ones where it's a juvenile and he doesn't have any previous record, he gets a gun and he doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't have the maturity to, to know what it, what kind of damage it will cause, and they will end up shooting someone. Those are difficult to do something about. The ones that we can address as a society better, uh, the ones I'm talking about in this paper that I published, was the fact that it's the ones where the repeat offender, the ones that has shown a propensity to violence, the one that is a career criminal, they go out and hurt someone else. 
or go out and they've been hurting people all their lives and have a record and end up killing somebody. Those quite often I stand up as, uh, like I say, a law enforcement leader at a news conference saying this person killed one or two people and they have a history of having uh, committed prior acts of violence, been arrested 20, like one case I'm familiar, very familiar with, uh, been arrested 26 times, uh, many of them for violent crimes, and then they end up being on parole and end up shooting and killing one or two people. Uh, and those sorts of things we can do something about, and that's what I'm addressing in this 11-point plan. Okay, let me let me do a tangent, which I learned something when you and others were giving a presentation at North um, North Shreveport Business Association. Right. I'm, you know, I've been on three juries, and I probably never asked this question, but I was foreman on these three juries. I did not know you cannot ask or find out if somebody was a previous felon. And a pre, you cannot use that on the case in hand because it's going to skew the skew the results. Is that what the well? I, I don't know, and I would leave that up to the defense attorney and the district attorney and the judge to deal with that particular end of it. But I know that I know when we arrest them what their previous history right. was, and that's what is so frustrating to me. How how uh, how you can be on parole for violent offenses and be on parole for violent offenses and continue to get released early uh, and those paroles aren't violated. I don't, I mean, it's those things, there's things in our criminal justice system that, that need to be looked at and need to be changed. But it's not just, and and like I say, I keep referring to this Mm -hmm. 11-point plan because I put a lot of thought in this and a lot of years of experience in this. And I'm not, the police, we, and that's the first point. Right. We can do things better, okay? We, are, quite often, I refer to us as as important members of the team. In fact, if anything, we might be the quarterbacks because, and we do a good job. We do a good job of catching people. All you have to do is look, look at the media, and you'll see this person arrested, 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 arrested. Right. We catch them, but it's almost, quite often, it feels like it's a catch and release. And I'm not blaming anyone else for any part of this. There's no blame in this. This is this is a all eleven points here are things that we need to look at what we're doing, how we're acting, uh, what what our priorities are, and change something. If you're happy with the violent crime rate in Shreveport, Louisiana, then don't change anything. Don't look at how you're doing things. Let's just keep doing like we're doing and. And, and how could anybody be happy, Sheriff? How I could... don't see how you could be happy. So if you're not happy, don't be offended when someone suggests that we look at doing something differently. And there are there are leaders that get offended when you start uh, being critical of them. Well, as the sheriff, uh, it's my responsibility as the chief law enforcement officer of a parish, and I'm I'm quite frankly, bold enough to bring it up, <laughs> that that we all need to look at what we're doing if it's not working, and let's put our heads together, and let's change what we're doing. And that, that doesn't, it's not just the leaders in the criminal justice system. A lot of it has to do with the citizens of, of Shreveport and Cattle Parish. If you're happy with the way things they are, keep voting like you're voting. If you're not, then, then make wiser decisions. Ask hard questions. When you have somebody running for the state legislature, for instance, ask the hard questions. 
our sentencing laws as something's wrong with our sentencing laws. If people can be arrested 26 times and still be on the street, be on three separate serious violent crime paroles and still be on the street after 26 arrests and then go out and kill people, something is wrong. So let's put our heads together and look at what needs changing. So the, the current Louisiana laws tell the judges and to to do that or tell the district attorney or the district the defense attorney the ways which he can get his client off or at least lesser lesser sentence basically there's so many loopholes in our sentencing laws and there that is that is really ridiculous i'll give you an example if you are a felon in other words you have committed a serious crime and been convicted of a serious crime right and you are told you cannot possess a firearm and you go and you get a firearm and we catch you with that firearm and we charge you with that that the law says you shall get five years in jail without uh, probation parole or suspension of sentence five Mm -hmm. years so you and i would think that that person gets five years right that's not true another part of the law says good time release good time credit is not considered parole probation or suspension of sentence that's something different so when the judge says five years mandatory sentence all you have to serve is 35 percent of that five years and then you can get up to a year off for taking certain programs so it doesn't take you 35 percent of five years minus a year and you're talking about just some months. And just that's what months. I'm talking about. There's no truth in sentence in Louisiana. That's the law of the state legislature. If you commit a violent, or let's say a burglary, you commit a burglary and you're in court and, and the guy has burglarized five different residences and one of them's yours and, and they find him guilty or he pleads guilty and he gets two years. Well, you think he's going to be in jail for two years. He gets credit for time served, and then he has to serve 35% of that two years. Came up with a 35%. You get a mandatory, automatic, I won't say mandatory, you get an automatic uh, good time credit. 35% is all you have to serve of a nonviolent crime. 65% is all you have to spend of a violent crime. And so people don't know that. They're, they're in court. There's no truth in sentence. And the victim does not realize. And that's if they plead straight up. Many times, in order to get them to plead to something, they plead to a lesser offense. They plead to an attempted whatever. They plead to um, uh, a, less, a simple battery instead of an aggravated battery. So automatically they have reduced their exposure in the sentence, and then they only have to serve 35% of that reduced charge. So there are so many things that we really need to look at the way we do business. And and like I say, we, I keep referring to this, we are not, the, the law enforcement is not exempt from needing to improve the way we do business. Maybe we need to get our reports in quicker. Maybe we need to do a better job of evidence collection. Maybe we need to do a better job of interview and interrogation. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm quick to say, tell me something I can change to make it better, and I promise you we will do that. I'm an open book as far as that goes. Everybody 
everybody needs to do something differently, whether it be the churches, the school board, the universities. Our universities uh, and colleges here in Caddo Parish, they could, they if they would just study what I'm talking about uh, in their criminal justice system, study the sentencing laws of Louisiana and give us some suggestions how, that we can send to the legislature about how that would be better. Excellent. In other words, everyone get engaged. That's you know, important. And, and, and we're not. We, we go to the barbershop or we go to the grocery store and we say, man, isn't Shreveport violent? Isn't Shreveport violent? <laughs> oh, nobody does anything. Oh, All I, talk, oh, no would action. You, would, would you cut a little bit off the, the back <laughs> of my hair, you know, and then, and then we go ahead and grocery shop, get our hair cut, and move on to another topic? And it's frustrating to me because it's my business. Well, going back to paperwork, I, my experience, I have, I have to say this, I'm, I'm planning to ask you to me do a drive around with one of your deputies one day to learn about that scenario. But what I learned several years ago is I don't think a lot of our citizens out there know that all the paperwork that when somebody is arrested or a burglary or they apprehend someone, how much detail the officer has to complete. And generally, it's after the fact, right? Right. There's a uh, most of it's off the clock too. I was with my officer. He was off the clock, but he was spending an hour, and he wanted to show me what he was had to document on on the four different arrests he had that day. We were at four different times. Right. Like, Tremendous amount of documentation and paperwork, and and if and, he misses something, sheriff, you're right. Don't I got to add this? If he misses a particular important point, the defense is going to harp on that mm-hmm. and get right. the guy or lady off. Right. That's, right. Right. That's why he said he had to be very didactic in including everything because they're going to find a loophole and get him off or reduce his sentence for that particular item. Right. And, and it's always, if you'll notice, it's always what are the police going to do about violent crime in this yeah, city? I heard that. Okay. We are just a tiny portion, and we're good at catching them. It's, <laughs> it's not the police. That's like saying, what is Willis Knighton or Oshner's going to do about COVID? They need to prevent COVID. All we can do is respond where we're called to, try to prevent it by our presence uh, if it hadn't happened yet, and then document it. Then the criminal justice system, there's called a front end and a back end of the criminal justice system. Justice reinvestment, that's the sentencing laws I'm talking about. Right. They dealt with the time from the time that they were found guilty to the time they got out of jail. That's the reinvestment. That's the study that we did. Mike, mm-hmm. I'm saying we need to look at the front end of the system from the time of arrest until they get to court, okay, until they're found guilty, the front end. And look at all the dismissals. Look at all the charges that are dropped. Look at all the reduced charges, the plea bargains, the diversions, those type things that occur over and over and over and over. And then... Let's look at that and see because we've got the same repeat offenders committing the same crimes, and it usually revolves around the illegal possession of firearms. And if we will just address firearm illegal firearm possession seriously from the get-go, from the first time, uh, Gary, we have to develop a culture, a mindset in in our community where the criminal is actually afraid of possessing a firearm illegally. Good point. The sentinel effect. They, they don't. There, There is no fear of that. I was watching 
Yellowstone, which is a TV <laughs> yes. show that many people yeah. watch and all. And, and I thought it was I thought it was kind of funny because there were these three cowboys riding through the woods, and a bear comes out, and the foreman of the Yellowstone says, "Shoot the bear!" And one of the cowboys says, "I can't shoot him. You know, I don't have a gun. I'm a felon." Well, that ain't the idea in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm telling you that. Wow, there okay, is no good. fear for that. People think, people really think that there are. Uh, they're thinking they they think that felons will not get around a gun because they're scared to get around it. That is not the idea. And until we take it seriously, so we need to, we need to act upon that. Make that simple effect. Make make do something. Treat right, every right. illegal gun possession as a serious offense and deal with it. I'm not saying that we lock them, lock them away for the rest of their lives, but they have to fear being caught with a gun that they're told not to possess. And that is not the mindset. Hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now I work more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, telling Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, telling Country Roast Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Cattle Parish Sheriff Steve Prater, and he is discussing his suggestions on ways to reduce violent crime in the Shreveport and Bossier City and surrounding areas. So thank you, Sheriff, for taking time to join us today on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Wow, it's been quite educational. And I, 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 I again, your, all of your 11 points of your, your message uh, is remarkable. Uh, it began in June the 7th of last year. So, Sheriff, has anything been majorly acted upon these 11 points? Have you seen any involvement? I, I have seen that the city of Shreveport is doing, uh, they're doing a much better job on their code enforcement uh, and cleaning up their awesome. uh, a lot of the dilapidated properties. We're far, far far away from getting it all cleaned up and that sort of thing. But something but is something improved. Something is improving about that, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, positive about that. Uh, the, the police chief, Wayne Smith, is is doing a good job. He and I are close friends, and we're doing a good job of mentioning some of these points in many of the presentations that we give. Um, the, but the, I guess the... I guess the overall concept here is that that we need to all get engaged in this and to do some, you know there's something everybody can do about it and as I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago one of the things we can do is ask the hard questions ask the hard questions of the legislature they don't people don't mind asking me sheriff what are y'all doing about violent crime what are you going to do about all this stuff and there's so many factors that play into violent crime and the response to violent crime that I'm not in control of, that I have nothing to do with. But no one asks them. If you, if there's people running for the state senate, for <laughs> instance, or the state legislature, or the governor's office, ask them, what are you planning to do about violent crime? Because they do a lot to justice reinvestment, the thing I'm so critical of. That was that was a, a key thing of Governor Edwards, you know, 
And so the the state legislature, we had a number of people that voted for that. I mean, the law passed. It's ten right. acts that passed that that uh, reduced the uh, reduced the sentence from ten years to five years on that felon in possession of a firearm. I mentioned to you. Right now, it, it used to be ten years, and you only had to serve thirty five percent of ten years. The justice reinvestment changed it to five years, wow. and now you only serve thirty five percent of five years. And so, what I'm saying is. The there's something that everybody can do. When you talk to these people running for office, ask them hard questions. Don't ask them, are you for violent crime or against violent crime? Mm-hmm. That ain't going to get it. Everybody going to say, I'm against violent crime. I'm going to do everything. Say, what are your plans? What, what are you planning to do? What are you going to do about it? Are you, do you have any bills in mind? Uh, that, that What's your philosophy about violent crime? What are you going to do to help the police? Uh, the police catch them. What are you going to do about helping to keep them? Uh, and and that's, that's a part, that's a huge part that's missing. And the same thing with the city council and the cattle parish commissioner and the mayor's office. There are things they can use their bully pulpits to change things in Baton Rouge. They can shine light on this. I know that the city council and the in the commission, and, and they, they from time to time will have an emphasis on violent crime, a prayer meeting, or something like that. And I firmly believe in prayer, but but there's also I think that God wants us to gives us equips us with gifts and with powers and puts us in office, uh, allows us to be in office and serve people to do more than just to pray about it to to put some tennis shoes on and get busy <laughs> and to do some work. And and I think that's where. They can. I would like to see them use their bully pulpit more to change some of the laws that restrict us. And if there are, if they got any question about those, please call me. I can steer you in a direction that will uh, that some laws that need to be changed that that hamper us. So, so when we entered, so I'm I'm going to ask a stupid question here, but are the legislators overall want to reduce crime? I don't. I can't answer it. They They've never. To. We've never polled all of them. We never. Oh sure. What do you What do you think they would say? Of course they'd say they want. They want. But to when the bill it. and the specifics come out, they're they they're gonna think about. Right. It. There's always going to be there, with many of them. Now I'm. You know I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, and I also don't want to be critical of any judge or the district attorney or any legislator or the mayor, or the city council, or the commissioners. I've just got some suggestions in this point to where all of us, and here again, I don't have all the answers. I'm not omni, whatever, <laughs> whatever that word is, omnipresent, omnipotent. I don't know what it is, but that's good. I don't that's know good. everything. Okay, and I'll be quick to tell you. And with way things we need to improve, I want everybody to come to the table with the same idea, or else come to the table and say, "I'm happy with the way things are." You know, that's all I'm asking. I'm not happy with the way things are, and I was, I, it, and I've taken criticism about. Well, I want you to mention, which I, I've been, I, I know some personal history about this. You're talking about guns. Some of these criminals out there in our area, when they go and break into homes and break into cars and trucks, that's the first thing they look for. I had one, a friend of mine in a neighborhood. He had, why does he keep all of his three guns in his pickup truck that he actually left open? They didn't even have to break in. He stole all, all the, and so I'm sure those criminals are going to sell them on the street or use mm-hmm. them, whatever. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a big commodity. 
Right. They Most criminals that possess firearms, in fact, almost all of them, get them from a person that that it's legal for them to possess them. Uh-huh. In other words, they break in their truck, they break in their car, they break in their house, and they steal the firearms uh, from a person that legally has them, and then all of a sudden they illegally possess them. And that's the ones we really, and we're doing some, we're doing some good. We're working with the ATF the, through the federal system. Uh, we've got a task force going, and we've seized a number, gotten a number of guns off the street. But it's it's very, I mean, it, it's in the United States of America, it would be impossible. <laughs> to get all the guns. No. You know. and, uh, but people need it more prudent, a little bit more safely. I mean, I have to ask this individual that three, do you need three? Yeah. Do you need yeah. three in your pickup truck? I mean, really, I... Um, you probably do as a sheriff, but as a police officer, but does a common person need three guns in uh, their car? Right. They are, they're asking for trouble if you got if you got three in your vehicle. Um, you know, because something... You, you're not going to be using all three of them at the same time, and you're going to be away from that vehicle, and somebody's going to probably break in, unless they're safely secured in, in your vehicle. That's that's the difference. And so, you know, talking about guns and, and gun possession, legal gun possession, is that gets real sticky. But there's ways to there's ways to deal with those conversations. Okay, and and you can't uh, you can't focus all your attention on the league person that's legally possession of firearm, uh, and then a, uh, somebody breaks the law and gets one of those firearms, That's then you should be able to focus on the person that broke in and got the legally possessed gun. So there, I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different things to consider, uh, but well, the, the main thing is you got to have an open mind and let's approach this problem together. I thought this this statement you had in number six is the cattle pair school board used as an important position to play. Boredom, you put on here, leads to young citizens to criminal behavior. Right. That is, wow. Hopefully they're going to be doing more. Hopefully they they read that and understood that that should be a high priority. I, I, I agree with you. Boredom does lead. Right. They, um, I would, I'd like to see, and we run a, a program in the summertime with the school board. Uh, they allow us to use, I believe it's uh, five or six gymnasiums. And then out of the sheriff's office, we hire the coaches up front that's at that particular school and pay them during the summer to leave the gymnasium open so kids can come and have something to do. And that hopefully that prevents kids from burglarizing and getting out and fighting. And the younger kids that, that strictly don't have anybody to watch them need something to do, and we want to help there. Now, you know, that's, that's part of community-oriented policing, and that's just something that makes sense to do. Uh, but we need to expand those programs. I mean, what what would be wrong with this? Well, I won't even start to suggest what the school system <laughs> could do because they, uh, you know, but there's things that, that they can do. They have a dog in the hunt also of helping us deal with the juvenile offenders and the young adult offenders. And so, uh, so the school system has something to do, the civic clubs. There's things that they can do. We all can get together and... and, and People need to, in our area, we're very fortunate because we have support, uh, tremendous support for law enforcement. But in some areas, because of the national media and the trend and the pendulum is swinging back, but you have the police, law enforcement, we're treated like the criminals. You know, uh, almost every case that you've seen in the media 
almost every case has been a case of someone resisting arrest and then quite often bad police work dealing with that resisting arrest so all we do is publicize the bad police work we don't publicize the fact that there was a, a, a an event that a precursor to that event which was resisting arrest and and behavior that had to be uh, that had to be corrected we're called to the scene many times of little crap that just you wouldn't believe the small nuisance quality of life issues that we're called to the scene for and it blows up into something where all of a sudden we've had to fight somebody or god forbid we have to shoot somebody or use deadly force on somebody and then then all of a sudden the big story is police shoot somebody that was selling cds out of the back of their truck illegally Wow. You know, and it, and it makes it tilt like that. That wasn't the case. No. We went there because this person was selling. the full story of the situation. The, the store owner called because this guy's selling CDs in his truck instead of coming into the store and buying them from him. He wants them off the lot. We get there, and the guy says, I ain't leaving. I'm not going anywhere. And so it ends up being a fight, and we end up having to take care of business, and it resists, and, and first thing you know, it's, it's portrayed that we did something horrible to somebody that was just doing a minor crime. Well, we had to move them on, and so it's very—it's a difficult job that we're in. But but there's ways we can approach things differently. But back to what I was saying: civic clubs and churches and everyone else continue to paint law enforcement as an honorable profession that is 99% honorable people that are sacrificed, willing to sacrifice their life to protect their neighbors. We we should all respect. You know, law enforcement officials. I mean, I've been a big proponent of that for years. My parents, all my relatives, and I mean, I, I agree with you. Most people in the Shreveport, Bossier City areas do. But I have seen isolated incidents where I was amazed of the disrespect of a Shreveport police officer. Right. And I was, and, I, and the officer says, "Gary, I'm counting to ten because they were doing so many things. I would arrested every one of them." He said, "We can't do that. We will fill up." CCC, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, it happens every day. I said, sir, how in the world can you handle it? He said, well, I, we were, taught, we're taught to focus and just move on. If it's not if it's not, and hurting us or hurting anybody individuals, and I mean, it was, it was totally an eye-opening experience. I just couldn't believe mm-hmm. the disrespect. Right. And I even yelled out a little bit. You know, you need to respect this person. He's trying to help your people in, the, in this family area, and it, they were like, it was like nothing went went in there, went out there. Right, totally disrespect. We'll be right back with more information. But now, word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 17 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Town and Country Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kalidas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and Abear Sending Country Ish Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Cattle Parish Sheriff Steve Prater. He's discussing some suggestions that he has for us to possibly reduce violent crime in this report, Bossier and surrounding areas. So thank you, Sheriff, for sure. joining us today. Sure. Glad so what can citizens like me and others in the area do to help reduce violent crime? 
Well, I, I think I'll harp on something I said earlier. We have to elect the right people and hold them accountable for Good that. Point. It's we've got to we've got to stop just complaining and a little soundbite about violent crime and moving on to something else. We need to really make it an emphasis that we're going to do something about violent crime, and and we're going to hold our elected officials. It it's uh you can't just you can't just hold or claim to hold or think that it's the problem of law enforcement. Law enforcement is doing. I, I know law enforcement with the Shreveport Police Department and the Cattle Fair Sheriff's Office and the FBI and the ATF and the U.S. Marshal Service and the DEA and state police. We work together all the time and and we get together and when we're together we laugh. You know, it's kind of a sick laugh, but it's a laugh when something happens about the guy's rap sheet, everything he's done previously, the fact that he's out of jail early, the fact that he's allowed to take a a much lesser pleas than what, uh, you know, than what he was charged with. And there's times that plea bargains are appropriate. I'm not saying that. But it's just common knowledge that we arrest and arrest and arrest and arrest, and they get out and they reoffend. And then it's thrown back on what are the police going to do about violent crime? Wow! And so we have to we have to look at the the entire system, not just law enforcement. We have to look at the entire system. And I'm not suggesting there is a place for going back and seeing how many calories a, a first grader consumed during a day, and was it a single parent family or a, or a two parent family, or did they? grow up in poverty or not, and I agree those are huge, huge, huge issues, but what we're dealing with because I'm not a sociologist I don't understand how all that affected, but I do know one thing, if you catch somebody and they have hurt somebody and they are a violent criminal and they get out of jail and they possess a firearm and they hurt somebody else, then that person has shown a propensity uh, shown a, a habit that they are going to be disruptive and they need to be held accountable. And we don't need to see how quickly we can get them out of jail until we can come up with some way to rehabilitate people. We need Important. to segregate them. Rehabilitation is critical. Right, and, and right now the only rehabilitation that's occurring is put right back on the keepers of the jail. We're not... So I don't. I didn't study in college. I didn't study rehabilitation of prisoners. We have some great programs at CCC. We run the best reentry program for the state of Louisiana that there is in the state. The state built us a facility here because we did such a good job of running it. So we believe in rehabilitation. I want to give people second chances, but until we get that figured out, we've got to quit. We've got to quit allowing. Uh, folks that have shown that they are going to hurt other folks, we need to quit allowing them back on the street so quickly until we're pretty sure they're not going to hurt anybody else. have to be held accountable when they illegally possess firearms, and only your elected officials can see that that's done. But correct me if I'm wrong. After somebody does three violent crimes, aren't they... That's it? You get three strikes? And no, you're that was justice reinvestment took all that away. Really? So I, don't think, the, I don't think the public citizens <clears throat> know that. I thought it was still on the book. Well, you thought it was a, you thought that it was against the law to possess a firearm after you've been convicted of a felony. Right. And it may be, but it's not, it's not as you think. 
So uh, you can have more than three felonies and keep going for 20 different serious felonies and still not be incarcerated for a longer period of time? Yeah, you, um, yeah there's no set rule that says three strikes and you're out. That's not that's not the case any longer. And there, justice reinvestment changed a lot of things. For instance, there's a crime called illegal discharge of a firearm. And that's what we charge somebody with when they shoot out of a car, they're shooting at another vehicle, they're shooting at a house. That justice reinvestment removed that from the violent crime list, Whoa. which means when you're charged with illegal discharge of a firearm, you only have to serve 35%, no matter what the judge gives you, instead of the 65%. So it was downgraded. So recently there was a case, I think it was on East Washington, uh, where some people shot at another vehicle, and, and you know, there was a kind of a run-and-gun battle, and I... Each one of them was charged with illegal possession of a, uh, excuse me, illegal discharge of a firearm, which has been downgraded to a nonviolent uh, charge. Nonviolent charge. Yep. Wow. So we definitely need to get some of those laws changed as yes, soon sir. as possible. And I and I scream and scream and scream, and all I seem to do is offend people, and they, you know, offend. why are they, why are they, I asked why are they offended? Well, they're offended because there are some of the legislators that passed that, this this particular and they feel it's going it's to make quality of life better. It's I got I can't I can't speak for them. I just know I fight a lot of fights uh, in the in the political arena because of my outspokenness to do something about violent crime and that we all have to look differently at the way we do things if we're going to make any inroads into uh, reducing the violent crime in Shreveport. Because the criminal is going to continue saying, if I'm going to get off like this, if I get caught, and and it's going to be just a minor slap on the hand in a way. Right. It's sad. It's right. really, really sad. And right. we need to improve that. We need to, especially the ones that continue along. I mean, it may be, I hate to say this, maybe, you know, they're doing it for a reason. They they can't. They focus. They want to keep going and, and, and doing violent crime. Is that right? When you see these 20, well, don't 20, have 20, a, 20 rap sheets, right? They don't have the they don't have the value system that you and I have. Uh, and and when they are caught, they're not held accountable, so they don't develop any kind of reason to not do. Uh, what the behavior, the criminal behavior that they've gotten accustomed to doing. Well, don't you think? Uh, Sheriff, that these other uh, businesses and business associations within our area want violent crime to be reduced because that's going to give a bad record for getting to get employees in town, get new businesses to come to town. I'm sure when these companies come, they look at the stats about that, don't they? They do, and and of course they, of course, all these groups that I mentioned in this 11 point plan, they want crime to be reduced, violent crime to be reduced. But that's kind of like somebody that's out of shape. <laughs> or maybe a little overweight. Sure, they want to lose weight. Sure, they want to get back in shape. But are you going to go to the gym? Okay. And that's what I'm asking people to do is go to the gym. Awesome, awesome. Likewise, media. I thought you made up one point here that media needs to help in researching, investigating, reporting more than more than the Violent Crime Act, but the underlying factors. That's an that's interesting statement. I don't think they ever, most of them do, don't do that. No. <clears throat> the media is... The media reports on the crime, and I understand they're shorthanded, too. They, 
you know, it used to be a camera crew would go out or somebody film something and somebody interview you. Now it's a one-man show to, to reduce staff and to get things on the air. But I'm wanting some investigative reporting about something. Now, if, the, if, if, if I had a deputy that does something wrong, there's going to be investigative reporting about their internal affairs record. You know, we're going to really get into that. You know, we're going to have time. You do the same amount of investigative work on a criminal, a career criminal that shoots and hurts somebody. Uh, that's a definite plan. We hope our media friends out there listen to that as well. So, anything, last comment before we close the show? Again, I thank you for taking time to join, join our show. I, I think it's a very important topic, and hopefully our listeners out there, both the business individuals as well as the residents out there will, will play a part and 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 tell their legislators that we need to uh, to make some changes to get these violent criminals off the books, off the area, and, and move on to something better and hopefully rehabilitate them. But some of them are incapable of that, probably, right? Right. I think that there are some. There are a few that are not going to straighten up. But I... Uh, you know, I just like to say that I'm not trying to aggravate anybody or criticize anybody. I'm just trying to. It's a call to action. Well, I am appreciated that that you are taking the time and effort to to be an advocate of that. That's important. I'm, I'm sure that maybe other sheriffs and other officers do that, and other law enforcement. But I, I'm really proud that you're you're taking that spearhead and the advocacy. That's it. it's very important. Somebody has to be the the quarterback or the leader or the or the advocator. To, to hopefully change it. I, I, I'm i optimistic about it. I'm optimistic about your 11-point program. I think more and more people are going to be emphasize as well. So thank you for joining us today. I want to mention, go to their website. They have a fantastic Cattle Parish Sheriff's website that has tons of information. CattleParishSheriff.org. Uh, the phone number, of course, is 318-681-0687 for more information. So thank you, Sheriff, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you, everyone, for joining our show today. Hope you join us next Saturday for another show that could benefit you and your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of our magazine in one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.